great. But here's what he did. Rhyme it. Do you know how to rhyme it? Oh, please just rhyme it. And he really gets into it. Do you know how to rhyme it? Yes, of course. We will you don't even have to think about it. So let's rhyme it today. Rhyme it. Yes. We are going to rhyme it. Just that's where he just after Ooh, ran down. Everybody, amazing. I'm not gonna remember any of it. That's good. That's the way to go. All over the Rams today and Rammy. I mean, now he's like on his feet. How are you guys? Who's house? Wow. Rammy. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Rams Brothers. I'm your host Dean, and I'm joined, as always, by my brother and the other great host of this show, Nick. And Nick, we got the Commanders coming up. We're back at home. Hunting for another three-game win streak, but first and most importantly, how are you, my good brother? I'm good. I'm good. Commanders, Rams, line right now, minus six and a half. I'm doing everything in my power to not tease that because I, you know, it's just insane. I feel like that's low, honestly. This Commanders team is not good, and I feel like we are good. So I'm excited. It should be a good preview. It's going to be a great, great game. It's week 15. The Rams are 6-7 and seven versus the 4-9 and nine Commanders. The Commanders are coming off of their bye. It's back-to-back weeks where the Rams have to face a team coming off of their bye, which is rather annoying. 90% of the bets have been placed on the Rams so far. So Uh-oh. totally reversed from last week when 91% of the bets were placed on the Ravens. The Rams are a 6.5-point favorite to win at home. And the over-under over total is at 49. The Rams have gone over in each of their last three games. So Nick, it seems like an opportunity for this Rams team to continue showing to the world that they are a legitimate team um, that is playoff caliber and can show that they could win three more games in a row and potentially get back in a wild card spot. Yeah, you lose this one and really the the playoff votes start, start to disappear. Also, I mean, I you know, uh, commander's coming off a bye, which means take a drink because how many freaking times has that happened this year? <laughs> It's the fourth time. Yeah, I know. And in back-to-back weeks, it's extremely frustrating. Um, But, I mean, they haven't played since December 3rd. It's a team that has lost four straight. They were 500 and lost four in a row. um, Or they were four and five and then lost four in a row. So we're at the point where this Rams team feels like they can go out and beat anybody, right? The Ravens, the 49ers, the Eagles, the Cowboys, any of the toughest opponents, we feel like we could be competitive and play four quarters competitively and potentially win the game. Um, so I, I feel like you're playing, you're going up against a quarterback like Sam Howell. He's fifth in passing yards. So 3,466 passing yards. They're calling in the white Jameis Winston on Twitter. Total touchdowns, he has 23, which is 12th most. Total QBR, he's at 47.9, which is 22nd. And turnovers, he has 16, which is third most. So this Sam Howell thing, I think the jury's still out. Can he make all of the throws? Even the off-schedule ones and extend plays, yes. I, I think a lot of people noticed that. I noticed that immediately with him last year. But does it seem like he falls victim to going through the motions, making careless mistakes, um, and having one of the worst offensive lines in football, quite frankly? Yes, like that is also the case. So it's an offensive line, unfortunately, that has given up 58 sacks, fortunate to the Rams, second most to the New York Giants. Sam Howell is the most sacked quarterback in the entire league. Bryce Young is the next closest at 48 sacks total. So, Nick, what do you have to say about the commanders in totality? Like, it's an an offense that seems like they could put up points, but in terms of protecting their quarterback 
and being consistent week to week, it almost doesn't exist. Yeah, I mean, Twitter kind of hit the nail on the head. I said this a, a couple weeks ago when um, we were talking about Sam Howe, who was like leading the league in passing yards. They're like the Bucks of 2019. It's like yeah. they have the ability. They have like a lot of players that can make big time uh, plays, but I think they're very poorly coached, and I don't. They're not using Howell in this like in the right kind of way. It's a lot of hero ball. Um, I I thought Eric Bieniemy was going to do a better job of kind of getting him to where he needed to be, and they've definitely fallen flat. They lost to the Giants twice um, in a season where they had to at least split that, and yeah. now you know they're coming into SoFi off a of bye and. It's almost like, well, what are they playing for? But those teams are always so scary in December. Like, just look yeah, at the sure. Titans on Monday night. They were plus 650 money uh, money line underdogs away in um, Miami, and they come out and they win for no reason, just, just to, like, you know, feel good and get their young quarterback, you know, getting a win against a good team to, like, boost his confidence for next year. So they're obviously going to be playing for something just – even if it's pure pride. So it's Are not you talking a game. about the Miami game, the commanders in Miami game, the one where Miami put up like 45 points. No, no, no. You're talking about Titans, Titans, Miami. Oh, okay. I got you. Yeah. I thought you said Miami. My bad. No. I, um, but yeah, I like these, this is the time of year when these teams that are bad, all of a sudden just, they're like, Oh, well, I guess we got nothing to play for. Might as well go out there and like, give it, give it our all. And it's like a, it honestly feels like a trap game. You couldn't, yeah. yeah, you couldn't be more right. Like as good yeah. as you want to feel about this game, it's any given Sunday. Like their their offensive line, for as bad as they've been, Charles Leno Jr. as their left tackle, he's graded twenty six out of eighty four qualifying tackles. And Andrew Wiley, everybody knows him for the wrong reasons from the twenty twenty Super Bowl where Patrick Mahomes was under duress the entire game. They're both under contract for next year, but the pressure seems to come from everywhere against this this unit. And it's inside guys, specifically left guard Chris Paul, and then their center, Tyler Larson, who are just going to be on skates against Aaron Donald. And what's really interesting about this offense, it's like a three-headed monster of Terry McLaurin and Samuel and Dotson. You're thinking to yourself, oh, these guys have to put up crazy stats. Sam Howell, Howell's throwing the ball all over the place. It's actually Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua as a two-headed monster have 1,660 yards and seven touchdowns compared to Terry McLaurin, Samuel, and Dotson, 1,660 yards and six touchdowns. So our two-headed monster as a receiving core is stronger than their three-headed attack. And I just wanted to call that out because it's it's pretty odd that the receiving yards are absolutely identical between two and three players, and that we have one more touchdown between Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua. It's it's pretty unbelievable when you think about a team that's trying to build weapons. We have Cooper Cup, who's who's been a weapon, a Triple Crown winner, a Super Bowl MVP. You had a fifth-round pick in Puka Nakua, and they're as productive as three players that are pretty high on the salary cap. So uh, it's, it's just really impressive. And what Puka Nakua is doing right now, Puka Nakua versus Bill Groman, the head-to-head -head matchup, heavyweight matchup. Puka Nakua has 1,113 yards with four games left to play. He needs to average roughly 90 yards per game to break the all-time record held by Bill Groman in 1960 that Houston <laughs> Nick, you know how hard it was to find this picture? He holds the rookie record with 1,473 total yards uh, as a rookie receiver, but Puka Nakua is tracking to uh, to follow that right up. And in terms of targets and, and leaders for the commanders, it's Terry McLaurin, 
you're going to see tons of targets to Terry McLaurin, Scary Terry. And then you'll yeah. see Dotson, Samuel, then Logan Thomas and Antonio Gibson. So if, as an offense, they're not that much of a threat. But I think on paper, you're thinking to yourself, OK, you know, they have some skill players. It's, it's not going to be an embarrassment of an offensive unit. They can score. Yeah, they yeah. they can score. The over-under at this game sits at 49. So they think it's going to be a high-scoring game. They they have the ability to score fast and, and score early. So when, when you're worrying about this game, you don't want to get behind quick and then lose focus on your run game and then try to throw the ball a lot. Because they're not, they're not like a high turnover defense, which we'll get into. But it's an offense that can and has put up points. And from week to week, it feels like you're getting a different team every single week because sometimes they look like you know, they're up there battling with the Eagles and like almost winning both of those games against the Eagles. And then the following week, they're like barely scraping by and beating the Patriots. It, yeah, you know, yeah, it's, it's odd. And then you're, you're looking at, yeah, the Patriots, the Seahawks, the Giants, the Cowboys, Dolphins, like those were all very, very shaky games. And those were the most recent weeks. And then you look at the backfield, like Brian Robinson and Antonio Gibson in the backfield, like, I watched Brian Robinson and I'm thinking to myself, he would be the perfect complement to Kyron Williams. They would be such a ridiculously fun tandem to watch. Kyron makes people miss. Brian Robinson gets physical and they would just wear down defenses. But Gibson used to be their primary pass catcher out of the backfield. But Brian Robinson has more receiving yards on the season and only a few less targets. So it's Brian Robinson, truly their primary back right now. And Sam Howell actually has more rushing yards and more rushing touchdowns with five than Antonio Gibson has on the season with zero. So as much as you know, you, you're thinking to yourself, oh, Antonio Gibson, he's a premier player on this offense. Not anymore. It's Brian Robinson. So just something else to monitor. And then when we get to the defense, Nick, like this is really kind of where it gets crazy because the trade deadline Halloween occurred. And they were coming off of that. I think it was that overtime game against the Eagles. And the trade deadline happened. And they got rid of Chase Young and Montez Sweat. Like, Chase Young in a 49ers jersey is, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to see. It's hard to look at. And Montez Sweat for the Chicago Bears. Not fully understanding of that acquisition by the Bears, but it makes sense from a commander standpoint to dump the cap. They have yeah. tons and tons of salary cap in next year and the year after. So, you know, it makes sense as to why they're trying to rebuild. But I looked at this defense and I was like, who's even going to be here next year? Yeah, it's it's weird. It does feel like they are already thinking about next year. It felt that way during the trade deadline. Um, and there are teams that if you sit down, you're like, OK, well, this team has nowhere to go. This team has nowhere to go. They're not going any, like they're not making anything. But that that's when you got to be wary of these teams, because from like a gambling standpoint, when a team is like, scientifically out of playoff contention they some reason always find a way to like ruin your bets and when you said 90 percent of the money was on the rams that actually spooked me a little bit because i mean last week 90 percent of the money was on the ravens and the rams weren't able to finish the job but the rams did cover so they sure did they um, did they found a way to, to cover in overtime um and in, what was that a six and a half point spread i think the week seven. prior Seven. Yeah, so so this is what's crazy about this defense. So they've lost four straight to the Seahawks, the Giants, the Cowboys, and the Dolphins. And this defense has allowed an average of 38 points per game in four losses. Like that, it's just, it's really bad. Like the 32nd overall defense <clears throat> in total yards allowed 
So 380 per game and have allowed 45 touchdowns this year. The next closest is the Carolina Panthers. Like it's, it's almost a historically bad defense in terms of what you're seeing with the commanders. And is this the new face or the new heart of their defense rather? Jonathan Allen and Kendall Fuller. Like these are two of the higher priority players in terms of the cap. Kendall Fuller is a great player. Jonathan Allen's great on the inside. But you're thinking to yourself like, you know, really what is there to this defense that is going to limit the Rams' offense based on what we've seen over the last four weeks? Yeah, I, I not a lot, honestly. Like based on the, the last four weeks, if you want to go purely on that about where this offense is, I it is it would be remarkable if the Rams don't put up at least twenty seven points. If you're just looking at this defense and our offense, like truly, I, I totally agree. It's it should be twenty seven points. They should win the game thirty to to seventeen. You would yeah. think to yourself, and you know you look at this defense too, like. Talked about Jonathan Allen. Deron Payne is another guy. Like their front was legit prior to trading away two premier edge rushers. And in terms of cap space, $80 million in cap space in 2024 and $133 million in cap space in 2025. Like that's, and the salary cap is going to seemingly go up next year. So who of this defense is actually going to be on the field any longer? So on the outside, it's going to be Kendall Fuller. We talked about. 11 million against the cap next year compared to Jonathan Allen at 21 million. He's far and away the best defensive back on the entire roster. I'd bet that the Rams let Demarcus Robinson or Tutu Atwell, if he's healthy, get some cardio and sprints in and run some clear out burners just to be able to pull his attention away from our primary pass catchers. Other than those three, like those three players that we just named, extremely suspect. And the numbers check out. That's the unfortunate part for them. Jartavius Martin in the slot can't stick Cooper Cup. And he looks like he's close to 100% or as close to 100% as he has been all season. Cooper Cup, Puka Nakua, and Matthew Stafford look like they're close to 100% as they've been all season. Cameron Curl is having a decent year on the back end and Cody Barton as their Mike linebacker, but that's really it. Like the Rams' passing game should absolutely go off in this game. Like, oh, you don't know Casey Tuhill? The seventh round pick from Stanford in 2020. No, how about Andre Jones Jr., the seventh round pick from the Louisiana Raysian Cajuns? How about Bobby Boucher from the SCLSU Mud Dogs? Do you know him? Like that is that's that one how I recognize. <laughs> that's how random um, some of these defensive players are, and it's unfortunate to the fact that you had two premier edge rushers, and now you're rushing the passer with two seventh round picks, guys that you know nobody really knows. Whatever happened to Ron Rivera, man? He was a defensive-minded coach. He, you know, he, he he had somewhat good defenses back in the day. I there's no, I mean, I don't think he makes it to the end of the season. If this is a bloodbath, I think he's gone. Honestly, I mean, it feels like they're kind of in that transition year, right? It's like the Jeff Fisher under new yeah. ownership with Joshua yeah. Harris and Magic Johnson and a ton of cap space, and they're gonna they're gonna end up switching it up. Like that's that's got to be the case, and maybe let Eric Bieniemy. Take over because he's that's, what I, that's what I would do, or or I would just bring in like I'm no, I'm, I mean, I think the enemy alone, I just bring in like a really good defensive mind on the on you know on the defensive coordinator section, Eric the enemy and Brandon Staley for the oh, Washington I, Commanders next year. Sound good? I don't think I think Staley's <laughs> job is somewhat secure for some reason, yeah. especially now with Herbert out for the season. It's like they're not going to fire him after a non Herbert loss, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like when you're thinking to yourself, like you compare side to side, like you complain about Michael Hoyt, 
but at least we drafted Byron Young in the third round and we're going to add another edge rusher in free agency next year and we'll probably draft one. So like it, it could be a hell of a lot worse based on yeah. what some other teams are dealing with. Like the expectation I think was that the Rams should be four and nine, but they're the six and seven team with rookie defensive front players that can make an impact. So it's, it's highly important. It's the 32nd overall ranked defense. Like, it's 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 just really really bad. So 18th against the run, they're a little bit better against the run. They're allowing 113.8 yards per game on the ground. So you still be able to get yours on the ground, and they're the only defense that's currently allowing more than 30 points per game. Nick, no. crazy stat, crazy stat incoming. So you see Danny DeVito on your screen. So in the last five games, in their last Commanders' last five games, they have 10 sacks. They have 35 sacks on the entire year. Nine of them came against Danny DeVito, and the other one was against Juno Smith. No sacks against Mac Jones, Dak Prescott, and Tua Tagovailoa. Expect wow. a clean jersey for Matthew Stafford, even if yeah. Rob Havenstein is banged up with a hip injury and Joe Nopum is on the field. Uh, don't expect him to be touched. I, I imagine this is the game Matthew Stafford's like, oh, you know, I got 19 touchdowns, three interceptions this year. I'm probably not going to be, you know, invited to this Pro Bowl or whatever, but I'm going to freaking put on a show. It's at home. There's no reason, like, you know, their run game, like their defense against the run game is better than their pass defense. Yep. There's no reason he's not just going to be lofting that ball all day, in my opinion. I think that this is like the Matthew Stafford game of the season. If we have totally, to I took a perfect segue to <laughs> Dean's Keys. All right. We can. We got, some, we got some keys to victory coming up, and I'm pretty excited about these. So the very first key, and I'm going to show them on the screen just so that we can follow along, maintain your 2023 offensive identity. No matter what happens, a true marriage of a happy marriage of the run and pass and executing on explosives when the opportunities present themselves later on in the game. You don't have to get too pass happy early. Like the numbers suggest that you should be pass happy early, but you don't have to be. And you could run the ball in the red zone. You don't have to throw the ball four times as soon as you get into the red zone. The commanders are allowing the most passing yards allowed per game, 266 yards and 30 touchdowns, which is most in the league. And Matthew Stafford happens to be averaging 267 yards per game in his last three games versus Arizona, Cleveland, and Baltimore. But their pass game is dependent on getting those run looks, the pre-snap short motions and play action. Like you have to be able to keep that all married together. And, and also take the over on Matthew Stafford's passing prop, whatever the hell it happens to be. Puker, uh, Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua could easily get 100-plus yards in this game. Matthew Stafford and Puka Nakua and Cooper Cup, I mentioned, all look as healthy as they've ever looked. Like, this could be the game, the first time, where you see Matthew Stafford throw to 100-plus yards to Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua. It happened almost. Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown were one yard short in the overtime game right before the deadline. And Seattle was 10 yards short about a month ago with DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett and DJ Moore way back when went for 230 yards. So opportunities are there. All right. Yeah. The second key to victory. I would even argue that not only are the opportunities there, but I, they will be there for the entire game. And I know you're talking about the run game, like, you know, use it obviously, but, I think <laughs> they're going to be throwing this ball a lot. I just mean that they're not going to be 
in empty straight drop back Ooh. with no protection the way that they were in yeah. 2021. Like their pass game is built around keeping it all married together and keeping some of those same looks pre-snap to keep the yeah. defense confused. And that's the only thing that I'm asking for. So number two, Sam Howe early and often must be sacked. The Rams have waited until under two minutes in the fourth quarter to sack the quarterback in back-to-back weeks. It was Joe Flacco, and then it was Lamar Jackson. Sam Howell needs to be sacked in the first quarter in this game. Like, absolutely no excuses. The pass rush should be able to pin their ears back and win against this front. And Cleveland and Baltimore being two of the better offensive lines in the NFL, it's going to be significantly more difficult for Washington to double and triple team Aaron Donald with less talent and less scheme in that way. So I have I have faith that we're going to be able to win and win early and win often. And then key number three, special teams. I think this is the most important key. (laughs) Get your shit together. You're 32nd in DVOA. Chase Blackburn was supposed to come in and revamp the special teams unit besides Ethan Evans and loop the leg, which we didn't even know was a legitimate uh, contributor to this team as of last week. Like Benny Sko, you got to get healthy. Like we, we also are Alex Ward is also on the IR who's been our long snapper for the first 14 weeks of the season. We just signed a random long snapper. Carson Wink is his name? What the hell is his name? Yeah, yeah it's Wentz's, uh, Wentz's cousin, Carson Wink. <laughs> Carson, I mean, like, you know, it's something that um, Carson Tinker is his name. Oh, gosh. Carson Tinker is our new long snapper, and it totally went under the radar. So you can't make stupid mistakes in this game. And, you know, it's bound to happen with this special teams unit. So just have to make sure. 32nd, man. It totally fell under the radar, the fact that our long snapper is on the IR. And we signed Carson Tinker to save the day. Yeah, I I had no idea about that. And then Skoranek did not practice, so we don't know what's going on with him. I know. Yeah, he's got an ankle. His back's been bugging him all season. He's another special teams guy, so. Yeah. Yeah, it's tough. He's our captain, special teams captain. I think I'm ready, though, for – Are you ready most, for next picks? Most fun part of the week, yeah. Can I see the little guy? Oh, we have a – yeah. One more time. <laughs> it's too good. All right, you were 4-1 last week. You've been making yeah. me some money. I'm happy about it. Did you? So, did you take any of my bets? Uh, I think I did. I'm trying to remember which one. I also uh, took the Rams to win. Which, well, that was, I mean, that was one, uh, that wasn't one of my bets. I had Rams money, I think plus seven, but anyway. Yeah. All right. Next picks. Welcome. My little Christmas Pikmin elves. We are deep into the NFL season and we helped everybody pay for some Christmas gifts this year and we're thriving. Next picks last week, as Dean said, we went four and one for the fourth time this year. We're so close to the perfect five Oh, but the Texans did not steamroller uh, steamroll over the Jets like we thought. But hey, we got four right. You're welcome for three positive units. Uh, we got another theme song headed your way. It's Christmas themed again. It's not as good as last week because not many Christmas songs lend themselves as great as the as the little Saint Nick did. Um, but the Christmas nuts are a little harder to crack than regular theme songs. But hopefully, this one is beloved by the fans. So fast forward, selector. Let's hear it. Last Nick's picks, I gave you my locks, but the very next day, you didn't play. This week, you little shit, 
you better freaking listen. Lions Rams. I'm gonna make a parlay with Stafford and Goff because those two are my favorites. Dean's locks have been so bad that we've forgotten about them entirely. Uh, we we have forgotten about Dean's locks entirely, but I I got a good one for you this week. Oh no! All right, let's hear it. Oh, it's it's the Matthew Stafford over passing yards prop. Oh, okay. You know whatever the number is, go over. So I'm I'm in our fantasy league playoffs. Dean has not made the playoffs in the last five years. This is my fourth year in the league of I've been in the league five years of making the playoffs. Um. Anyway. <laughs> Of course, of course. So for the first time, uh, I'm starting a new quarterback this week in fantasy, and it's going to be in the playoffs. He's getting his first start, Matthew Stafford. Oh, nice. Love that. Very good. Thank you. Thank you. We're going into this week. Nick's picks are 34, 34, and 1 right now at this point in the season. Jeff Fisher's picks. Yeah. This week, we're going for the green. So for the first time this year, we will be positive. And it starts by betting against Nick Mullins, Vikings at Bengals. There's a case to be to be made that this is the rat line. If you're not familiar with that term, last week, the Texans-Jets had the same line. It was Texans minus three and a half over the Jets. A bunch of idiots like myself included jumped all over that because it seemed too obvious. And then the Jets win outright. It's a rat line. It doesn't make sense. How is one team favored only so little? So the Bengals at home are only minus three and a half with a great backup QB right now, a great defense, a smart head coach. Vikings, are the only, on the other hand, only put up three points against the Raiders, and they're on their third string. Nick Mullins, they sat Josh Dobbs. Rat line or not, we want the Bengals to win here on Rams Brothers the Pod. We need a Vikings collapse, and it starts yep. here. Give me Bengals minus three and a half. It feels like it shouldn't be that close. You know what? I think Flores is going to blitz the hell out of Browning. Give me Bengals minus three. Just by the hook. I don't like the three and a half. Bengals minus three. 29-24 Bengals victory. Even though we don't need the hook, we're happy we bought it anyway. Deal. Good bet. I like it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, we're, we're rooting for the Vikings to lose. We're, yeah, any any Vikings loss, Falcons loss, Green Bay Packers loss, we're rooting for. Anybody yeah. that's in contention in the hunt yeah. and in that final And then, line. moving on, we have Texans at Titans. Oh, I know. This one's tricky. Yeah, listen. I don't think I've been on the right side of a Texans bet this year, and I keep coming back. Am I crazy? Obviously. But am I dumb? No. We watched all... We all watched the Titans somehow will together a win against the Dolphins. You like that? Yeah, I do. I thought that was, I thought that was clever. Um, will Levis, 14 points in the fourth quarter, come back, and their first away win this season. And now they're back home on a short week. Everyone, once again, is going to be clamoring over the Texans. And I'm zagging the world. Give me Will Levis and Mike Vrabel on a Sunday at 1 or 10 a.m., I think Vrabel is one of the best coaches in the league. I'm hoping Will Levis really is the guy for him, but I, I have my doubts. That being said, the Titans are a different team at home. They're one of the least penalized. They average more points at home, and they give up less. C.J. Stroud got hit hard last week. He's in concussion protocol. We don't know if he's going to play usually around this time. 
if you like in the season, if you get in concussion protocol, they usually throw you out next week. Yeah, uh, you, yeah, you're in trouble, which I don't like. So even if he does play, I don't think he'll be 100%. No tank Dell really proved to be a bigger hit than we thought. So I'm going to take Titans minus two and a half and zag all your friends. Tell them Nick made you do it. 21-17, I think the Titans pull it out. Also, I like the under at 37 and a half. Oh, sorry, 20 to 17. Uh, Titans pulled out under 37 and a half. We love in division unders after week 13. All right, we got the under also at 37 and a half. Good bets. Yeah. Like them. And then Washington at LA because this is Rams Brothers. Of course, I'm going to bet on the Rams. The commanders are coming into town. I'm loving the Rams at minus six and a half. The Rams have been on a covering streak last four weeks. They've covered handsomely, and they've cultivated a mid-season form. It's like we started the season as a little squirtle, and now all of a sudden we're in our war turtle stage, and hopefully we, we reach the playoff berth and we become a full Blastoise. Listen, I took the Commanders at over 5.5 wins this year, so I'm going to need two more wins. And truthfully, I don't think they're going to get two more wins. They're fun, but against good teams, they can't really hold their own. And guess what? The Rams are a good team. The over-under is sitting at 49.5, like I said earlier. So they're expecting a fireworks show, which I am too, but I just think it'll be a one-sided one. Kind of want to throw a little on Stafford over 1.5 touchdowns, but let's just take Rams minus 6.5. Smile all the way to the bank, 35-14. I think the Rams win easily. Absolutely love it. And I like the little Matthew Stafford prop. All right, let's run it back. So we got Bengals minus three, Titans minus two and a half, under 37 in Titans, Texans, Rams minus six and a half. Maybe sprinkle a little on Matthew Stafford over 1.5 touchdowns if you want. Not an official pick. And then my sprinkle a little on Matthew Stafford over on passing yards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little Dean's locks and next pick combo. And then my quick pick is going to be an over, rare occurrence, but just hear me out. I like over 42 in Packers Bucks. Whoever wins this game, I mean, I think we're going to be rooting for the Bucks, but just because I want, I, I want to see a Packers decline. But it's good for us either way that one of these teams is getting a loss because um, both of them can sneak into the playoffs in the wild card slot. But I think it's going to sneakily kind of be the game of the week. Um, it's going to be my most watched game at 10 a.m. So just take the over. I think it'll be a little bit of a of a fun fireworks show. And we'll see. I think Baker's playing really good right now. Jordan Love's playing really good right now. So it should be fun. Hey, if you guys are enjoying this content, if you guys are enjoying Nick's picks, everything in between the previews, the recaps, make sure that you guys are. Ram it. We appreciate you guys. Go Rams. Go make some money this weekend. Let's go win three straight. Let's get into the freaking playoffs and, and go scare somebody. Hell yeah, brother. Thanks for listening, everybody. Cheers. Go Rams. Peace.